0: Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my twenties. I'm so excited that you guys are here. My name's Sophia. I started this podcast in the beginning of April and I got furloughed at the end of March and quite honestly, it was so hard for me to comprehend and deal with that. I was like, I have two choices right now. I can start the podcast that I've always wanted to start or I can let this really deter me and start emotional eating and just sit on the couch and do nothing and I decided to go with the first choice and I'm so glad that I did because I've got to meet so many inspiring people from all over the world and I hope that you guys see yourselves in some of these stories because I've just been having so much fun this has been lighting me up so much and I'm really glad that I put myself out there and decided to start it You know, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start it. And I'm so glad that I just did that. And I know as an introvert, it's been pretty hard to like put myself out there, talk in front of a camera, talk to all these people I don't know. But I feel like this has been such a growing experience for me. And I feel like I need to share that with you guys because maybe there's something in your life that excites you, but kind of scares you at the same time. And maybe it's time to step into that
1: coming back to your question of like how do you detach from that and the short answer is you just do and you just have to learn to but at the same time know that that connection and that love can always stay there especially because like you know we have Facebook and these sorts of things and we have phones and we can call them and and so it's not like they're being like pulled off of planet earth and brought to Venus or something like we're, we're still in the same general area and love and connection will never, will never cease between two people, even if like the verbal connection stops or something, it's kind of always there. And I definitely like have a spot in my heart for like all of the children that like spent a significant time in our home simply because yes, it's hard to detach, but it's more hard to detach and also let go of any emotion towards them. I think that actually might be impossible to do that, but yeah. So you just you just
0: do it. Today's guest is Jen. I had such a fun time talking with her. She has such a great background and energy about her. And we talk about her story from leaving the corporate world to getting into yoga to becoming a coach, what inspired her move to Thailand, how she was able to call in her partner, and what it was like to grow up with brothers and sisters from the foster care system. Let's get started. joining me I'm really looking forward to getting to know you and learning more about your story tell me about what your journeys look like so far
1: oh my journeys look like so far um where do I start so I'll start Hmm. I used to work in corporate I worked in advertising um had like, you know, kinda the dream city life, lived in downtown Toronto, I lived in the fashion district. I like worked in this kind of high end area of downtown. And everything, you know, from an outsider's perspective definitely would have seemed perfect. Even from my perspective, kind of seemed perfect. And eventually I got to a point where I was like, what am I actually doing to help the world right now? Or to to help myself right now. And this isn't feeding me anymore. And I went on a trip to Europe for a few weeks with my best friend at the time. And I met all these like crazy, wacky people who did incredible stuff, um, you know, to do with like, traveling and working and they were tour guiding or counseling or doing some sort of mission trips and things like that and I was like I want to do this kind of stuff like I don't want to just be sitting in an office for like my entire 20s like that and even though at one point I thought that's exactly what I wanted to do and for some people that is what exactly what they want to do and that's great but it ended up not being for me so then I quit And I moved to a little surf town in the West coast of Canada called Tofino, which is fucking awesome for anybody listening. It's just like this beautiful little like majestic place full of vibrant, shiny people. And so that opened me up a lot to um, just what is available in the world. And so then from there, I started traveling a bit more. I moved to Australia. But I got stuck in this mindset at one point of, I need to find my purpose. I need to find what I'm meant to be doing. What is the job for me? What is the thing that I'm meant to be doing? Because at the time, I was working in like restaurants and cafes and things like that. Not that anything is wrong with that by any means, but I felt in my heart that this wasn't what I really wanted to be doing. But then there came a point, and I almost remember this like super vividly, where I was sitting on the beach and I was just in Byron Bay in Australia. And I was just thinking to myself, I need to release this pressure that I'm putting on myself to find the thing and stop thinking about the how and just think about how I want to feel in however much time. And I wasn't putting like a certain time frame on it and that was probably my first like step into knowingly manifesting something um because I remember sitting on this beach and coming to a point of just feeling like this fulfilling happiness and completely at peace with whatever it was that was was in my life and I wasn't thinking of the how I wasn't thinking of what was in my life I was just really envisioning and experiencing the feeling and sensation that I wanted to get at some point and um, drop completely dropped any sort of pressure on what's that thing that I need to do continued working at restaurants and stuff and it was not long later I mean there's a whole bunch of crap that I could go into that I won't but there was a lot of kind of stuff that happened that sort of flipped my life around a couple times and then flipped it back. And then I had this like deeper heart calling. And this was, I think, one of the first mm, that's not true. But I was gonna say one of the first times that I really listened to my intuition. I think it's the first time that I knowingly listened to something called an intuition. Like before I would hear it, but I wouldn't necessarily that's my intuition because I wasn't that open to spirituality before that and then um I was like okay what is this like need or desire to go to India like it was so random I had never been to Asia before everyone was like you're insane you're going to India like it's the like literally the most like crazy country in the whole world it feels like you're on a different planet and I was like I don't know. I feel like I should go and I just need to do a yoga teacher training. (laughs) And
0: that's what it is.
1: And this was in 2016 dove into that started teaching yoga immediately after did another teacher training, Continued to do that. And I kept being on this like journey of, of like almost spiritual learning and learning yoga in India is so much different than learning yoga in the West because I mean first of all you're the teachers aren't um you know like thin flexible women who are like drinking I think the cliche is like Starbucks and wearing lemons they're like petite very thin Indian men who kind of yell when they teach (laughs) and they're really straight up on philosophy and on like this true essence and true power and true meaning of yoga and then I became more and more open to that and my mind began to like expand and it's kind of like the more you learn the more you realize you don't know and that's what I was really experiencing at the time and eventually it led me into a place of being like I want to continue evolving this and I want to really help people by teaching these philosophies and stuff but also working with people to to find this loving connection and flipping our mindset around and making their dreams happen through like empowerment and manifestation and stuff and so then that's eventually how I got into coaching too because it all just it very much flowed like it was very much not a thing that I that ever felt like I was forcing myself into or was being forced into or was doing it because it was the norm or whatever it's very much I mean now it's kind of the norm I think it's like everyone on Instagram is a yoga teacher and a coach but um yeah and then it just brought me into a place of being like okay just continue to follow your intuition continue to follow your heart continue to get to know your ego and your mind but make sure you follow your heart and um come back to this love and connection no matter what and I'll be able to find that space again so that's my journey in a nutshell I'm sure I tell it differently every time
0: but yeah how did you initially get into yoga Mm,
1: it was stress related I am actually diagnosed with anxiety which most people wouldn't assume because I'm like a pretty chilled up person. I also meditate a lot though. So that helps. Um, but when I was 16, I was old enough to go to a yoga studio. And um, I just was like, I need something that will help me with stress because when I was in high school, I would be like in tears, preparing for exams and writing papers. And I was a smart kid. Like I had, great grades like straight A's and stuff, but I just the preparatory stage for it was like very stressful for me. And my mom at one point was like, just try to do yoga. Apparently it's really good for stress. And I was like, okay. And I signed up to a studio near our house and yeah, and then I went like a lot. And I was really like the poses were very accessible for me because I was a gymnast before that. So something that I can't directly relate to with a lot of students that I have because I do have a lot of beginner students as well as advanced students. But with the beginner students I have, um, there there's no flexibility or, or alignment sometimes. Like my partner, for example, I'm teaching him yoga right now. And he can like, literally not like, he cannot touch his toes. He's like, can barely touch his knees. And um, I'm like, I have all the compassion and love for that but at the same time like I've never experienced that before so it makes me a bit sad to know that there's a lot of people that are discouraged from going to yoga because um because of this and because you know they don't feel that they're flexible enough but for myself I'm sure there was a ton of poses that I wasn't doing correctly at the time um in fact I know that there was but having a space where I was able to move felt really good and I do remember noticing when I was young um, looking around the room and stuff being like whoa that person can like do this super deeply but then this other person right next to me like can't really touch their toes and then the person behind me is like lying down when everyone else is like supposed to be doing things and I'm just like was beginning to notice, like, whoa, everyone's kind of on their own journey. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And then within maybe like a year or something of practicing yoga, I began to be like, ah, so it's not just a thing for like flexible people. Like, this is totally a stigma that I had attached to yoga as well. So it's not like, yeah, I think that it's something that
0: I thought too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are the different types of yoga and what's a good place for like a beginner to start? Mm.
1: I would say ultimately it depends on the person, but for an overall, okay. The different types, there's like, I see, I'm like, I'm stuck with my words. That's how many types of yoga there is. (laughs) So, um, so I'll answer, I think more directly to the second question, if that's okay, as far as the, yeah, where, where should somebody start? So I'll reiterate, like definitely depends on the person and for anyone listening, like go see a doctor first and, you know, make sure you're all ready and fresh and blah, blah, blah. Um, personally, I think the best place to start is with meditation because when we meditate it allows us to reach a place where we find something that's deeper than our mind or something that's deeper than our thoughts and it could be like awareness as Eckhart Tolle calls it um or it could be you know, the divine self or the higher self, or it depends on the language that you want to use. But it's like that stepping stone. And when we get into that space, that's just a little bit below our thoughts. And just a little bit deeper than that, we begin to to notice our thoughts just as thoughts. And therefore, once we notice that, we're able to when we do practice asana, we can be like, okay, I know I'm practicing this pose and I, I can't reach my toes. If, if this is the, the thing, if they're doing a forward fold, they can't reach their toes. And then they're like, but then they, they come to perhaps what they learned in meditation of, you know, this is just my experience that I'm doing right now. This is just the journey that I'm going on right now is like trying to to reach for my toes or, or noticing something more such as like, I'm feeling the stretch of my hamstrings and I'm having an experience with that. I'm feeling sensations and that's all I need. Now, as far as um, a style of, of asana yoga to start with. So asana for anyone listening is basically movement. And so the thing that you see at yoga studios typically is asana. And I would suggest, like, you know, typically the classes are labeled as beginners. So do that. Tell the teacher, like, I'm a beginner. I am almost sure that the teacher would be stoked and grateful for for that and for you saying that. And But even, like, yin yoga or softer yoga, yin yoga, you hold poses for a longer time. But ultimately, it just depends on the person, and I'm sure – most people listening either know a yoga studio or know a yoga teacher and talk to them, you know, see what they have to say Mm -hmm. and see what they, they must know you a little bit. So they must know a little bit about kind of like where you're at with the journey. And my last thing I would say is don't bypass the philosophy part. Like, that is also a great place to start is just learning the foundation of what it really is so in yoga philosophy for example I'm gonna there's a, a lot <clears throat> but I'll refer to right now something called the yoga sutras of potentially have you ever heard of it okay no. um how much do you know about yoga I'm like
0: not that much <laughs> not that much <laughs> awesome
1: awesome okay so there are these things called the yoga sutras and without getting like too philosophical around this basically the the goal of these yogis or one of the goals of these yogis is to reach it reach this space called samadhi otherwise known as enlightenment or you can call it like pure source bliss or whatever and there's eight like core steps to it And the first two are something called Yama and Niyama, which is basically like known as rules to live by and personal observances. And the very first thing, the very first rule of yoga is nonviolence. And it's like, be kind, be compassionate, be loving. That's the very first rule of yoga. And then you have, you know, people so fearful of stepping into yoga studios because of the judgment that they might receive because they're a beginner. And it's like, no, come back to like the very first rule of of nonviolence, just being kind, being gentle. And, um, I'm actually teaching a yoga philosophy course right now and I have another one starting in July, same course I'm doing. It's been going really well where I'm like introducing these different philosophies, on a weekly basis, and we're like as a group slowly integrating them together. And it's been like transformative for people because it's like really playing with this idea of like being fully kind and compassionate, like to, of course, ourselves and other people and nature and whatever else. And yeah, and just there's so much to learn beyond stretching for sure.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to go back to uh, when you were growing up and, you know, you had brothers and sisters from the foster care system. What was that like? And what's maybe something you learned from living with them?
1: Mm. What was that like? That was... Sorry, it is so hot here. I'm like... It's
0: okay. <laughs> my balls
1: off. I need to... <laughs> um, <laughs> what was that like? It was challenging i were challenging but also super fun and fulfilling i just remember the very first time that um we it it sounds like such weird language but that we like received a child and there was two of them and they were a mess and when they came in and we had the room prepared like everything was ready you only know when you're about to get a foster kid that like a couple days it's sometimes a couple hours before depending on the situation and I think we knew maybe two days before or something and um yeah they just like came in I remember crying to my mom and my mom was like oh my god like we don't have to do this it's cool like just very nervous and kind of scared for me but then I um was like, it's not, it's not that I don't want it. It's that like, I just am so sad that like people are actually going through this and, and struggling with this and having this experience, um, especially like these two kids were three and five. And it's like, this is way too young to be going through like this kind of trauma in my opinion. And it was so challenging to just come to like face to face with hell in a way and being like, this kind of stuff actually exists. And it was another thing to be like, I mean, I was so young, I was only 11. So it was very easy for me to just open my heart up and be like, okay, I love you because you're here. And would like imme- immediately be like calling them my brothers and sisters. Like, there was no gap between like me and them because I was like they need a family like we're their family whether it be now or forever um we're it and it's affected me like my entire life in a really positive way as far as having the ability to be able to like instantly love and instantly connect with somebody and um like I I get along with most people. I mean, I can't really say get along with anyone. Nobody gets along with everybody, but, um, you know, as long as the other person is at least kind of open, I'm very good at like cracking shells too. And, and being like, you are loved without actually having to say that, or I feel you, you know, without actually having to say that, I think just because it was kind of like ingrained in me from such a young age. And, yeah, it's made life, like, a lot easier in that sense, too. And it's made goodbyes very easy for me as well. And, yeah, which may be a good thing, but may not be a good thing. (laughs) We'll see.
0: Would you ever want to do that? Myself? Would you ever want to foster care? Yeah. Uh, No.
1: (laughs) 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 Never. Never, never, never. It is no like blessings to everyone that does it. But I would just want to be changing a system that's impossible to change if I were to do it. And um,
0: yeah, just no. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get to Thailand? Mm, so
1: super random, actually. Um, <laughs> like my whole story, it seems. Um, Okay, so about a year and a half, almost two years ago, I, again, like quit my job back home. Um, I was teaching yoga at two studios back home in Tofino, and was also working at like a really nice high-end restaurant, and everything again from an outsider's perspective what what great but for me I was like I'm not fully fulfilled and I was like I need to go back to India like saved a bunch of money and just was like I'm leaving and I'm only coming back when when and if it truly feels right for me and I made a promise to myself that I would never do anything I didn't love ever again and it happened So sometimes when you make a promise to yourself like that and you like choose not to turn back from it, it will happen for all the time even. Um, And then so I went back to India for a bit and then I had this like calling to go to Thailand um, and reach out to a friend of mine who I hadn't seen since I lived in Australia years prior And she said, come, like, come for Christmas, come for New Year's, it'll be great, be with my tribe, blah, 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 like, let's do this. And I was like, hell yeah. So then I ended up, I spent a few months in India and then went to Thailand and had a great time. I met my mentors, um, two of my mentors who I ended up learning like a ton about coaching from and. And I ended up being, like, directly coached by both of them and doing their program. And then I worked for them for a while. And then I collaborated for them for, with them for a while. And then I continued my journey. And I went to, like, Sri Lanka and Bali and kind of did, like, more spiritual growth and stuff. And then there was this time and to, to bounce to – I'm sorry if I'm fast-forwarding. But to bounce <laughs> to fine. your question around <laughs> – um like manifestation and like probably the biggest thing that I manifested um or the thing that came with like the most intention and like strategicness was from around last April and I just had like a romance with a guy and it opened up something inside of me that was like I'm, I'm ready to find a partner because up until that point, I was like, I just want like lovers and random places and have like a beautiful time and date exotic men and, and just that's it. And that's what I want to do my entire life. And then I had this moment for these several moments with this, this, this man. And I, I, by no means loved him. Like I wasn't in love with him, but he did something really beautiful for me in, in opening something up. And then it made me realize like I, I want a partner like I'm ready for for somebody to commit to that I can like pretty much spend my foreseeable future with and. I want it to be like this way and this way and this way. I want to be able to travel three months of the year by myself. I want to be able to travel with them. I want like us to be like semi-location independent, but also staying a longer time in certain places and blah, blah, blah. And I was like super, super specific. And then there was a full moon that happened and I ended up writing a letter to the universe, which, you know, we all do now, it seems. And it was A pretty clear letter like explaining everything that I wanted in in this man and saying like I'm ready and saying you know I'll put in the work I'll put in the effort I'll I'll really like help this person shine as well and I'll allow him to help me shine as well and one of my coaches actually I had an epic coaching session with her and basically created this like um visual fountain and i was like i'm this like fountain of love like i have like all these beautiful like hearts and flowers and whatever else and rainbows coming out of my fountain of love and i remember the session started kind of with me being like yeah okay and then i'll allow someone else to to drink out of my fountain and that will be the partner but then it eventually throughout this like hour and a half with kayla and my my coach i was ended up being like, I want another fountain of love. So I want like our two fountains of love coming together, sharing the the water, sharing the rainbow, sharing the flowers and everything, but we're our own. So if it ever comes to a point where we're separated, then we still have our own fountains of love, but with a bit of each other's love in it. And so that gave me a visual. So then I drew pictures about it. So I like had this very clear picture of this fountain. I wrote this letter to this universe. I burned the letter to the universe. I don't know if that's like really necessary, but it felt good for me. (laughs) And I had the picture in my, the front page of my journal. So I was like always able to look at it. And then I kind of like put it away as, you know, you're supposed to do with manifesting. And I remember, like a bit of time went by, and um, I still I was like, "Where's this guy? Where's this guy?" And it's like I was always kind of looking whenever I would go to a place. I'd be, "Would he be here? Would he be here?" Because I had manifested enough things at this point that I that I knew that typically it's quick, you know. Like typically, you want to manifest something, and it happens quickly as long as you, as long as you stay in that mindset, you stay in that vibration, and you stay with those intentions. And a couple months went by and I was like, what the fuck's happening? And then I ended up meeting um, one guy and I was like, Oh, this is it. Like, this is the guy. And then, and it didn't work out. And I remember during this moment when we uh, like parted ways or broke up or whatever you want to call it. We were only together for like a few days and I could hear so clearly I was crying and my mind was like, uh, convince him to stay, convince him to stay. And I knew in my mind that I could if I said the right thing and I manipulated him enough, but I, but I felt my heart like just let it go because like, it's all going to make sense really soon. And I knew I needed to listen to that. Of course, if I wanted this to actually happen. And then, so I did and I remember starting to laugh and this guy was like, you're like crying and laughing at the same time, like what's happening right now? Like, what are you experiencing? And I told him and what happened and he was like, like pretty much, wow, like that's amazing and he's a very like spiritual person too. So he was like, totally listened to that, blah, blah, blah. And then... I spent the next bit of time like just do kind of doing my own thing the next like month or so really focusing on my business and getting that pumping and then I had a conversation with a friend of mine and um was telling her about this thing that I was manifesting and I was like I need to do like another step like I need to just sit on my bed and like Say it out loud, which is like such an important part of like wanting to manifest something. Is like in my experience, anyways, this isn't necessarily for everybody, um, but is saying it out loud to like our higher self, our guides, our divine source, God, like whatever you want to call it, and calling it in directly. And I was just like, okay, I am ready for this partner. Please, like. I know that I have everything that I need in preparation for it. I know myself. I know that I can support myself. I know that I can support somebody else. And I'm just like, I'm ready right now. And then two days later, I met Flo. And we became best friends. And... I remember like saying to Flo many times, like I'm manifesting a partner right now. And he's like, yeah, like I just got a relationship a couple months and I'm like single. And that created like a safety net between us because I wanted a partner. He wanted to be single. So it was like, clearly this wasn't going to be anything, nor were we into one another. And it made it very safe for us to become best friends. But then like a couple months later, we ended up, yeah we kissed and then we were like how do we feel about this and then we slept together and then I left the country I left Thailand for a bit and um then but when I left we decided like let's do this like let's be together anyways fast forward however many months and now we're getting married (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's like it's it's funny how quickly like the universe will respond to you and I actually remember sitting in, he owns restaurants here, and sitting in one of his restaurants with my friend, um, and, I, and this was before we, Flo and I, got together, and I said to my friend, dude, I've been manifesting this partner for, like, three months. Why hasn't he shown up? And then Karen was like, you, when you're asking something this big from the universe, like, a partner and you want it to be like a good one, like it takes a bit of time for the synchronicities to happen and for like everyone to become aligned with each other so that it does happen. And that really spoke to me too, because it gave me a lot of patience and kind of just let me let go and surrender to, to whatever I was ready for and whatever was gonna, was gonna come and not have any pressure expectations on it time-wise or anything. So, yeah
0: and how did you get into manifestation (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. remember the first thing I manifested was a dog when I was like really young and then I remember thinking to myself wow like when I think about things a lot and when I think about the feeling that these things could give me it like actually happens as long as I'm like, making it, like, expressing in a way that I, um, I don't want to say, like, have earned it or have deserved it, but I'm, like, welcoming it in, you know? And, yeah, so I began to, like, learn just a little bit about that process when I was really young, but had no idea about, like, manifestation. And in a way, I kind of hate the word, um, even though I use it regularly, just because it has such a some for some people a negative connotation around it, especially for people who aren't necessarily spiritual. And yeah, but I I began to realize after like several years that I was manifesting things almost by accident. Like I wanted something, I I felt what it would be like to have that thing um I would be open to having it I would do the things in order to receive it and I would receive it like very quickly sometimes like within weeks um or days for some, or even hours for some things like it kind of depends on what it is but I like to manifest big things <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah it was it was more so like it wasn't any, like I read a book and this book enlightened me or I talked to this person and this person enlightened me about it. It was more so just like a slow discovery of, wow, I actually, we have a lot of power as humans, like using these minds of ours. And when we use them for positive things, um, we can really make these things happen. And like everything I've done I've done truly because I've wanted to. and there's a lot of things that I've done that I couldn't I would never have even like, you know, however many years before imagined that to be a reality for me. And it's funny because, you know, sometimes when I'm manifesting something with full intention, I'll like write out the affirmations and like do the things, write the letters to the universe, blah blah blah, and like that's perfect. But sometimes, like when we manifest stuff, there doesn't even have to be that much work that's put into it. All it really has to be is just a, like I'm in a space where I'm ready for this and I'm open for this and I'm willing. And I know that this is something that will help me evolve in a way that's like the best evolution for my consciousness in a way that's the best evolution for my being. And Cause there are times where we'll like sometimes want to manifest things and they won't work out and we like hate the universe for them or we get really frustrated for them. And, but then it ends up being like, you know, however many years later or however many, even months later, we think to ourselves, ah, that's why that didn't work out. That makes way more sense now. You know, the universe is much smarter than our
0: little, our little minds. I think. Yeah. Mm Yeah. And what's something you're currently manifesting? Currently,
1: I am not calling in anything brand new, Um, but I'm calling in consistency with my business. So, my business has been like working very well recently and um, yeah, has been like really thriving. And I'm not necessarily wanting it to like blow up by any means at this point there's still a lot of learning that i want to do but what i'm manifesting right now is that the the building blocks are building at a pace that feels steady and that feels like it is moving somewhere um so that's one thing and like consistent abundance so sure like sometimes with prosperity and finances and stuff there's like dips and stuff but like if there's a dip having the highs if there's a dip having the highs and this has been like I mean it's it's just kind of the way it is you know like you sign a client and then two weeks later you sign another client but then there's those two weeks that like you don't have nothing or then maybe like the next week like four people sign up for your program and it's like but but when we notice these as not as inconsistencies but instead as like this is consistent you know this is kind of just how how that stuff works then recognizing that too it helps like with this this manifestation of continuing this process and continuing this journey in this way um a more tangible thing i guess that i'm manifesting is I practice something called Vedic meditation, which is a super awesome meditation for anyone listening. Look it up. It's so accessible and simple as far as learning it. As far as um, finding a teacher, it can be a little bit challenging, um, but there are there's actually a really epic teacher. He's based partially in California, partially in New York um, called Tom Knowles. He's amazing. And eventually, so in like a couple years, because it's a bit of a journey, I want to, or a few years even, I want to become a Vedic meditation teacher. But then there's like things that I need to do. And it's funny because um, one of the things I'm doing a teacher training right now for a derivative of Vedic meditation, which is called One Giant Mind Meditation, They have an awesome app for anyone that's new to meditating. It's like really, really solid and it's free. Like it's completely free. And so I was starting on that and I reached out to my teacher, my Vedic meditation teacher telling her like, I want to eventually become a teacher. So, you know, you can almost see this as from a manifestation perspective, putting that out into the universe. This is what I want. I've talked about it to people. I've talked about it to like my quantum energy healer and then super random because usually you have to go to Australia or to India in order to get like the next level on the way to becoming a Vedic meditation teacher. And because of COVID it's all being held online And my teacher reached out to me like a week ago and she was like, dude, starting in two weeks, there is like the advanced practitioner training. It's happening online, blah, blah, blah. Like you got to sign up if you want to be a teacher in the next couple of years. And it's funny because that would have never been available. I'm not saying like I manifested COVID and whatever, but it, (laughs) it, it. It's funny how, like, the universe kind of does things in weird ways sometimes. And I knew this was something that I really wanted, and I was aware that it would be really challenging as far as – because you have to be in these places. But now that it's being held online, it's, like, sick. Like, this is something.
0: What is something that's letting you up right now? That's lighting me up.
1: Um, I'm teaching my partner yoga, <laughs> and it's so. <laughs> and um, I'm have a lot of beautiful people in my life right now, um, friends, partner, family. And clients and students, and I just feel so grateful for yeah the people that are in my life right now.
0: How old are you? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. So, what have your twenties been like so far?
1: A shit show. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> for real, though. Um, yeah, nuts, and and very contrasting. From, like, earlier, early 20s when I was just, like, all in shambles and partying like a rock star to, like, a couple years later when I started to, you know, be like, ah, surfing, ah, yoga, what's this life about? And it's been very contrasted and very much, like, an evolutionary, like, time of my life for sure nothing has ever gone so fast and so rapidly um in any seven year span as much as it has from 20 to 27
0: yeah what advice would you give your 20 year old self hmm
1: that's a good question okay my 20 let me just like channel my 20 year old self for a second (laughs) I would say just do what you love. Yeah, just do what you love. And don't worry about what other people think. And there's actually an amazing woman by the name of Lisa Nichols. Um, And she's a teacher and a speaker and a coach. And it's just absolutely amazing. And she says other people's opinions are none of your business. And I wish that's something that I heard when I was 20, because I was very much in a space of being concerned about other people's opinions
0: at that age. And is there any questions that you wish I would have asked you? No, I think you did great. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. and, and where can people connect with you? um
1: You can find me on Instagram because this seems to be where most people are at. And my handle is jen with two n's dot AGO. And my website, I mean, everything is just kind of through my Instagram. My website is jenniferagostini.com. But if you just go to my Instagram and go to the the link tree link everything will come up there and I do like I have like free courses on my website to do with like self-love and unleashing your intuition I do yoga philosophy courses and tons of cool stuff that um is like very accessible for people a lot of it's online especially right now it's all online and yeah it's it's some
0: transformative shit for sure so
1: check it out
0: (laughs) thank you so much for doing this i'm so glad your power came on i'm so glad everything worked out
1: i know
0: (laughs) thank you so much for having me i'm so grateful yeah thank you guys so much for listening i love if you can leave me a review on itunes please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with i hope you guys have a great rest of your day